Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Good morning and welcome. You're listening to Day of Prayer's Morning Bible Study. My name is Layla and we're glad to have you with us this morning. But before we get into the Word, let's take a moment and pray. Lord, we thank you for today, Lord, and we thank you for the mercy you've shown us, Lord. We thank you for the soundness of our bodies, Lord, and the soundness of our minds, Lord, that we're able to comprehend all things, Lord, and that we're able to go through our days with wisdom and understanding, Lord, to do the things that you've asked us to do, Lord. We thank you for this time and your word this morning, Lord. We thank you for the goodness that it provides to us, Lord, spirit, soul, and body, Lord. And we thank you for the restoration and the refreshing that we have in you. In Jesus' name, amen. In Jesus' almighty name, amen. Amen. Well, good morning and welcome, everyone. We're so excited to have you with us as we get into the word and continue our study in the book of Hebrews. We are in chapter 9, and this morning we will be covering verses 16 through 22. So with that, can I have a volunteer to read that section of scripture, please? I will. All right, Charles. For where there is a testament, there also there must also of necessity be the death of the test, testator. Mm-hmm. Oh, for a testament is in force after men are dead, since it has no power at all while the tester lives. Therefore, not even the first covenant was dedicated without blood. For when Moses had spoken every precept to all the people according to the law, he took the blood of calves and goats with water, scarlet wool, and hyssop, and sprinkled both the book itself and all the people, saying, This is the blood of the covenant which God has commanded you. Then likewise he sprinkled with blood both the tabernacle and all the vessels of the ministry. And according to the law, almost all things are purified with blood, and without shedding of blood there is no remission. Mm-hmm. Amen. All right, well, there's a lot in there. So Amen. we're going to open up the floor at this time and give each of you the opportunity to share what Holy Spirit is speaking and ministering to you and ask any questions that you might have. So who'd like to begin? I would. All right, Layla. Something that the Lord was showing me, uh, back to what we were talking about in the previous episode, and a common thought that many of us have today, Christians or believers and unbelievers alike, why why is it necessary why do we even need jesus and we've gone through some pretty good reasons already on why we needed we why we need the lord jesus because of his sinless life and only his ability to redeem us from um the curse of sin and death and being able to be reunited back to the father for those that want to have that relationship and choose to engage in um fellowship with the lord jesus but and we see here about the sprinkling of the blood even the first covenant the law of moses that would be the ten commandments thou shall not steal kill covet murder cheat lie don't forget you shall have no other god no that is the first First commandment yes here O israel the lord the lord our god is one um, that is the most important. Thank you for reminding me, mommy. No problem. Um, but even those commandments that, you know, sometimes we think are just 
for some of us, they're important and others, they're unimportant. There was still the shedding of blood to seal the deal, if you will. There was still something that they were being held accountable by and accountable for. Um, I'm not quite sure. I thought it was at the end of Deuteronomy, Dad. Maybe you'll be able to help me find it where Moses was going to uh, die on Mount Nebo. And he was telling the people, make sure I'm going to leave these tablets here as a witness between you and the Lord this day. Be sure that you fulfill and walk in the commandments that I've commanded you. And the, the people, especially the believers, like, oh, yeah, yeah, this is my translation. We'll surely do that. And Moses goes, yeah, right. You didn't even do it in my sight. But here, <laughs> while I was looking at you, you didn't do it. I know you're not going to be as faithful as you're claiming to be so there was it's in deuteronomy 31 oh deuteronomy 31 that's mm -hmm. funny seems like moses was a little bit salty on his way <laughs> on his way out of here um but he was actually just being direct with them um uh, real quick while you're looking at that up a testator um just so that everyone understands is a person who actually made the will who issued the will, if you will, not the person who, not the lawyer who wrote it down, but the one who said, here are my, here are my belongings and my, my, my goods. And this is who I want to have it. This is how I want my estate to be divvied out or executed after my, after my death. So a testament is just another word for will. Like a, we have in America, a will to tell it's a written document, a legal written document where someone says, here's who I want to get my stuff when after I die. And this is how I want it to be given out, who I want to pass it out, all those things to deal with their belongings after they physically die. Um, so Layla, do you have something that you want to jump yes, in there with? Uh, first, I want to read the scripture and then I'll finish up. Uh, this is Deuteronomy 31 verses 26 through 29. And it says, take this book of the law and put it beside the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God, that it may be there as a witness against you. For I know your rebellion and your stiff neck. If today, while I am yet alive with you, you have been rebellious against the Lord, then how much more after my death? Gather to me all the elders of your tribes and your officers that I may speak these words in their hearing and call heaven and earth to witness against them. For I know that after my death you will become utterly corrupt and turn aside from the way which I have commanded you. And evil will befall you in the latter days because you will do evil in the sight of the Lord to provoke him to anger through the work of your hands. <laughs> Moses. <sighs> so what I wanted to bring up about this it's almost like entering into or signing a contract here in america when you sign a sign your name to say that i will do x amount of work or provide x good and in return for what i've provided you will do this once you sign it you are now under legal liability to carry out your part of the contract should you break that contract before the time is up or you violate it in any way there is penalty associated with it so for the lord jesus when he put his um blood on the mercy seat and we said i do to jesus we entered into legal con contact uh contract with the lord and so when when we enter into legal contract with the lord through the blood of jesus that was the signature on this piece of paper if you will that gives us legal right to the father legal access to the things that he's given us should we choose to break that and step out of covenant out of contract with the lord there is the penalty of sin and death that's like the legal 
you know, trouble that we'll find here to, yes, mommy. No, <laughs> oh, go ahead. Are you still, finish your thoughts, sweetheart. Oh, and, but here's the great <laughs> thing about this. Unlike humans, the, the Lord isn't selfish and he isn't trying to exact revenge on us should we fall short of the glory of God. He's provided the blood so we have remission for sin so we can have another opportunity to come back to him you know of course it has to be in sincerity and heart he can tell the difference between you trying to fudge your way back to him and you really meaning that you're sorry that you are sorrowful for the pain that you caused him and want to continue in your relationship so that's why it was necessary that it was jesus's that had to fill this role because any other human would have gone nah, i can't do this for you um i think it was paul again I think it was Corinthians where he was talking about scarcely will a, a man die for, for nobody is going to die for a righteous man, but maybe one might consider dying for a righteous one. But Jesus came and died for all of us, for all the ones that would believe in him. When we were still enemies of God, while we were still sinners. So it shows you the heart of God. It isn't the thing that we try to make it out to be today whether it's intentionally out of malice or just ignorance he isn't selfish he isn't a harsh god trying to destroy you and ruin you all he wants is a relationship with you and he's provided the best way imaginable to get there where it gives you divine provision divine protection divine you know direction in all that you're doing but we have to enter into that contract with him. We have to enter into that covenant with him. And we have to play by his rules. Hmm. That's Romans 5, 7 that you said, For scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet peradventure for a good man, some would even dare to die. Um, but while you're talking about this, and I'll, I'll step out of the way after I say this, sweetheart, so you can share what you want, and then Charles can as well. There's a difference between a covenant and a testament. A covenant is actually only in play when someone, the parties uh -huh. of the covenant are alive. And a will only comes into play, or a testament only comes into the play after the testator, the one who wrote the will, dies. So the covenant is actually broken when one party dies. Like, so the covenant of marriage is broken, it's ended, when one party dies of people, when they came together to make blood covenants and all that stuff, it meant that it lasted the entire lifespan of the two people. But once one of those people died, they were essentially freed from it, unless it was something that had to do with their children, like David, after he uh -huh. made covenant with um, Jonathan, he passed it on to his children because that's something that they had discussed as a part of the covenant. But in most cases, the covenant ends when one of the parties passes away. But the testament doesn't begin until the one who uh -huh. wrote it passes away. What that says to us is God made a covenant and a testament with us. So we have something in play while we are yet living and through his life, and we have something in play through his death. So there is no there's no lack of covering for any and every aspect and segment of our journey. He's got it bookended, like and all the way through the middle. Christ started with Christ, ends with Christ, and Christ through the middle. Okay. <laughs> so I just wanted to say that real quick. Oh, go ahead, honey. No, so uh, just understanding exactly what you were saying there, honey. There was already a heavenly community that we came from. Now we're down here on earth, the choosing ground, to make our choice that God's our God and we're his people. 
and we only get to the Father through His Son, Jesus the Christ. Mm-hmm. And it, those who make that choice, as opposed to choosing to be in opposition to Him, or to or attempt to live for themselves or avoid the choice, that's all considered to be made a choice for the enemy. Those that made the choice that God's their God and we're His people will re-enter the heavenly community. <clears throat> now, this is also the Lord demonstrating His love for us. And I think oftentimes we misunderstand. As you were saying, these things already existed. Mm-hmm. This is where we came from. And mm-hmm. this is where we will return to if we remain steadfast and faithful. And partake of that covenant. Absolutely. And the testament. And the testament. Mm-hmm. And while we're on earth, the Lord himself gave us examples, right? We talk about these these types and shadows or these copies, replicas of what already exists in the heavenlies. And all that is, is the Lord teaching us about himself. Now, yes, it's, it's, it was set forth in, in the garden. You see it again in the tabernacle or the tent of meeting. And then you see it again in both the first and second temples, right? Yes. Now, what's mm-hmm. that, honey? Copies. Copies mm-hmm. of what already exists. Mm-hmm. But let's understand what that is. And if, if you have listened to our study on the Lord's house, every aspect, piece of fabric, furniture, Whatever it's made of, all of that is pointing to Jesus. Let's let's say that another way. I'll give you an, another natural example, and it's something that most people can relate to or are aware of or been impacted today. Sports doesn't matter if it's football, and by I mean European football or what we would typically call soccer here in the United States. Mm-hmm. If it's lacrosse, right? If it's baseball, if it's football, like American style football, all right, whatever that sport is, hockey, whatever it is, tennis, it'd be like looking at that whole league, that whole building and and the Lord saying, I'm the building. I am on the referee, I'm the umpire, I'm the commissioner of the league, or really the father would be the commissioner of the league, right? But I'm the, I'm the owner, I'm every player on there. Um, the benches represent an aspect of the Lord, like the sheer magnitude. Some of these stadiums are are enormous, mm-hmm. right? But just to put it in a perspective, every detail, mm-hmm. what it's made of, how it looks, how it's designed, you know, all those things are there representing, if you will, as it pertains to the to the temple here on or the tabernacle tent of meeting, right? Mm-hmm all represent a type of the Lord. Every person, every role, every position is something that the Lord's like, hey, no, 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 that's, I'm in that. I, that's That represents this aspect of me or that aspect mm-hmm. of me so we can understand the sheer magnitude and greatness of our God. Mm-hmm. So for example, the original tent of meeting mm-hmm. was, I would say, the most closely absolutely relate, like reflected the man, Jesus Christ, yes. who is God and man. Even the layers that they put on for the covering of the tent, there were layers to it that mm-hmm. looked like human skin, the, the different layers of human skin. And then within the temple was redemption and grace, even with how the menorah was shaped and how the, the blossoms that were there. All of that represented some attribute that Christ would show us, his healing, salvation, redemption, grace, forgiveness, all of those things. There is an article within that physical tent of meetings, mm-hmm. and including the skin that wrapped it, that looked like human skin and represented the different layers. 
had a place in a going, Christ is coming. The Messiah is coming. He's going to put on flesh. He's God inside and outside. Looks like a man. Mm-hmm. Here he is. Christ is his name. And this is what you will be returning to mm-hmm. if you choose to follow him. Amen. And Christ's name was not revealed at Amen. that point, but Christ is not a name. It's a title. So Christ is his Messiah. title. Right. Exactly. It means Messiah. Exactly. The anointed one. Mm-hmm. So God is very intentional. He knew exactly what he was going to do. But Charles, you have something else you want to say, sweetie? Yes. There's something you. that you, I'm sorry, this is your first time speaking. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, LaCharles. So we've been talking about the testator, and the Lord was just revealing to me as well as that, um, as you and my, uh, Dad were saying, Mommy, that there is the difference between the covenant and also the testament. Um, the Lord is revealing to me as well that what we see here is not quite in the regard of how we think of it as humans. Mm-hmm. I mean that as humans, once somebody dies, that's pretty much, Except if the Lord intervenes and raises them up again, mm-hmm. there's no coming back from that. Humans mm-hmm. don't have the natural ability themselves to raise someone up again. Mm-hmm. It's only the Lord who does that. Mm-hmm. But what we see here and have to understand that Jesus, the testator, rose again as well. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't just the will that he left for us and he's off the scene, essentially, and he's no longer pressing in around, but he's always there with us to help us and guide us, which Amen. goes back to your fact that it's a both a testament and a com- um, covenant. Amen. Because mm-hmm. while he did die, he again rose. He, he rose again. Lives. Amen to that. And in the example that she gave of the blood covenant, it referred to when people were truly dead, like dead, dead. You weren't getting back up, dead. Naturally dead. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. And how that's what caused it to break. If they were resuscitated, it was still in effect because they continued to live. Mm-hmm. But just understanding that that's not how the Lord works. He's not trying to get out of this Amen. as humans think of it. Like He's some not people. Going, Woo! Hey, I'm free. Woohoo! <laughs> yes, mm-hmm. but he desires to be in covenant with us, like what we see with Abraham. Mm-hmm. He said, Come, we're going to make a covenant. Abraham didn't say, Let's make a covenant, Lord. The Lord came to him. And, well, Abraham asked for sh- a surety. Yes. Uh-huh. He asked for assurance that this was going to happen. And so God knew, God wasn't like, Oh, what do I do now? Abraham asked for a guarantee. Of course, God had that in his mind to c- cut a covenant with Abraham. Go ahead. Yes. And how, when we understand that, we'll truly be able to enter into everything that the Lord has for us. He's not trying to get away from us and saying, you filthy humans, mm-hmm. and trying to stiff arm us, but he wants to be close by and present. Mm-hmm. But he's also willing to go through the process in order to do that properly. Amen. Like in the example of a will, you have to go through a court process in order to write it, and it has to be witnessed by people who have seen that it's your hands who written it wrote it so that way nobody's trying to forge it to get mm-hmm. what you have mm-hmm. there's a whole process in writing a will mm-hmm. and to have I'll, it recognized and enforceable mm-hmm. yes mm-hmm. and how the lord was unwilling to skip over that but he went through the whole process which is what we see jesus when he was on the physical earth that was the process he had to go through in order to complete it as you and dad often talk about mommy then he had a process he had to go through even though he was god Technically, he controlled the process. He could have skipped it if he wanted to, but that's not what he wanted. He wanted to go the right way. Mm -hmm. And so let's consider this, because we've talked about the plan comes from God, and we are secondary to that. Spirit is the original. Natural Mm -hmm. is secondary. So there are spiritual laws that govern things, 
and we can see reflections to help us understand spiritual laws by looking at some natural laws. When a will is not um, written with the proper parameters around it, it is able to be challenged. Uh-huh. Someone yes. can go to court, take that particular will to court, and challenge the validity of the will based on certain factors. So if it wasn't executed or written with the right um, person was in their right mind, they weren't under duress or being held at gunpoint, if you will, to write the will. They um, only bequeath those things that actually belong to them, that they had legal right to bestow to someone else. All of those things can be taken to court by the quote unquote heirs or other third parties to go, this will is invalid for these purposes. So the reason that Christ, one of the reasons, and not in order, in addition to his absolute obedience to the Father, also means that his blood, his will, his covenant, his testament with us is immutable. It's unable mm-hmm. to be challenged, canceled, rendered invalid, or otherwise overpowered because he did everything the right way. He did everything in excellence. Now, God is the... There is no wisdom aside from him, and there is nothing that will ever surpass him, no counsel, no wisdom, no judgment. But he also understood that there is an accuser, an adversary, right, that would come yes, and try Mary. to challenge the validity of the will and what Christ did and the, valid, the validity of the blood, but because it was done right, in perfection, in actual perfection is what I'm saying. And, and by done right, let's, let's clarify. The Lord did everything he said and showed, demonstrated repeatedly throughout the entirety of the word that he said he was going to do. So it could not be challenged. And cannot be He was be the lamb slain before the foundation of the earth. So, And even when removing Adam and woman from the garden, well, at that point it was Eve. Mm-hmm. She had been renamed Eve. But even at that point, he first did what? Showed them, demonstrated exactly how he was going to redeem them. Right? Yes. So we see all the way back at the beginning, this is what the Lord said he was going to do and how and demonstrated how he was going to do it. And he did that repeatedly throughout the word in every covenant. And then did what? He fulfilled it. Didn't change it, didn't deviate. Mm-hmm. He fulfilled it. So there could be no accusation that could ever be brought. And also as it pertains to us, it's a, it's a surety, it's a guarantee, as you pointed out, honey, honey. But also it speaks to the guarantee of what remains or what lies ahead for those that choose to believe in him. Because if the Lord fulfilled everything he said he would do, even up to this point that we're talking about, which is his redeeming work on the cross, mm-hmm. him being the sacrificial lamb, as well as our great high priest, putting the blood on the mercy seat for us, right? Being that mediator of a greater covenant, an eternal covenant, then how much more so should we give him the honor and respect that's due him? Because he kept his word. He remained faithful. He, as the scripture says, upheld or upholds his word above his very name. And he already proved that out. How many times have we in our own life not been a person of our word? or given our word to do something, but then situations and circumstances come up and we're unable to follow through, to fulfill it. And and I don't need an answer or want an answer, just something for us to reflect on. And it didn't come down to the point of us sacrificing our own life. Yes. But we didn't fulfill it. 
but yet Christ did exactly what he said he would do and demonstrated from the beginning, even before the foundations of the earth, and fulfilled it. How much more honor and reverence should be given to him in our lives, as well as glory, honor, and praise because we are the benefactors. We get to receive. We're the beneficiaries. Beneficiaries. Thank mm-hmm. you. Yes. We get to receive everything that was promised because of what he did. And we're considered joint heirs with him. So we should be rejoicing while at the same time demonstrating, proving our love for the Lord. Because as, as it says, he first loved us and proved, demonstrated his love for us. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot in there. <laughs> so we're going to pause there for today and allow you to, to meditate on that and allow the Holy Spirit to minister to you in that. And with that, can I get a volunteer to close this out in prayer, please? I will. All right, Layla. Lord, we thank you for today, and we thank you for the good things that we have in your name, Lord, and through your blood. We thank you for this time in the word this morning, Lord. We thank you for the wisdom that you've given to us, Lord, and the understanding that comes with it, Lord, so that we're able to fight the good fight of faith and come out victorious. Lord, we ask that you'll bless our partners and our listeners, Lord, that everyone listening to this episode is blessed as they go about their day, Lord, that they have peace on all sides, Lord, that they are able to... Develop the relationship with you further, Lord, that you show them the good things that you have in store for them, Lord. And we thank you for those things. In Jesus' name, amen. In Jesus' almighty name, amen. And amen. We love you. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. Want to know more about a day of prayer? Sign up for our newsletter where you'll get the latest updates on the ministry, inspiring messages, and coupon codes for the merch shop. Visit our website, adayofprayer.org. Click on connect in the menu bar and complete the form. Be sure to check the box that says subscribe. Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, take care and God bless you.